Welcome to church. You glad you're here? <laughs> you know, the scripture says that blessed are those who hunger and thirst for a right standing with God, for they shall be completely satisfied. See, hungering and thirsting in your spirit for greater blessing, for the things of God, for looking around, living on the lookout for where the blessings are in places and in people, it takes motivation, being hungry for it, going and getting it, a go-getter attitude. And it also requires just kind of sticking with things because very often the places that God puts us where we really don't want to be is where some of the greatest blessing comes. Anybody ever experienced that? I'll tell you, it happens. And, and so I want to talk today about the blessing process because there is one. And I want to share a few ideas that you're going to take out this week. And as a church, we're going to walk into greater blessing. I declare that. I believe it. Hallelujah. And so Psalm 1 is describing this blessing process, the very beginning of the book of prayers in the scripture, the Psalms. And here's what it says. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is the law, the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. That's the end result of walking through the blessing process. And so I want that to stay up on screen. Put it back at the beginning. But let me just pick it apart a little. Walk, walk with me through this. You'll also see how I read the Bible when I'm reading it for myself. It, it starts out saying, blessed is. In other words, that's present. That's not someday, some way, somehow. You see, it's hard to go get blessing and have a go-getter attitude if we think it's not till I finish school or I get out of the family I'm in and, and move into another city or it's always somewhere out there. Blessed is means it's for now. And then it says, is the one. Well, that means everyone. Blessing isn't just for priests and pastors and the people God loves more than others. No, it's for everyone. And it, it gives us, I love this, it then gives us five things that are the walk through the process of blessing. It says walking, yeah, we all do that. Some of you, I was with one of our guest speakers a few weeks ago. He knew exactly how many steps he had taken that day. I'm up to 9,000. I, I don't do that on my phone, but every one of us walk and we stand. 
As soon as you get out of bed till you get back in bed at night, all day, you're on your feet, you're standing, or you're sitting, like most of you listening online and most of you sitting here right now. We're seated. Well, here's what I love about that. These are practical things that all of us do. It doesn't say we have to go get a certain degree or do certain things and work in a certain environment to get blessed. So that means that blessing, the favor of God, is for all of us who walk, stand, and sit. But there's two more things. The next two are the, are the key here. It says these are people who are delighting. You know, there's a lot of things in life that bring delight. Sun on your face, maybe not too much right now. Anybody else warm? Come on. It's cooler in here, but, yeah, but we delight in, in a coffee with the sun shining on your face, especially if it's December in Berlin. But we delight in things, and God has created an incredible world that, where we can delight. But then it says meditate. That's thinking about things. In fact, the original language there has this self-talk idea that you think about things. And so these five things are God's blessing process. And, and here's the thing. The key to these is who and where you're walking, standing and sitting, and what you meditate and think about and delight in. See, the two are connected. So if you're spending your time in places and with people whose whole goal in life is just themselves, and they're always uh, just focused on what can I get for me, they're, they're going to shape your thinking. They're going to get you focused on you. By the way, they'll never really be a friend because they're only worried about themselves. But it will, it will shape your thinking, and this is moving away from blessing and not toward it. You might say, yeah, but Steve, I, I can't control my family. Not, no one in my family believes in God and being blessed by God. And I can't control the people I work with. There's a lot of gossip in the, in the office where I work. So how am I to handle that? Well, that's where we go back and look again at what this is telling us. It's saying that wherever you walk, stand or sit... Let your life constantly be focused on what the law of the Lord is. And, and even in practical ways. Years ago, I managed a department that was responsible for a large park system with beautiful trees, and some of the parks had swimming pools. One, one big park had an ice skating rink. It was a large city of many, many parks. And for, after being in that position for a while, I noticed the workers would never take the tools to do more than one thing. And one day I was driving to a meeting and I saw two guys in a truck who were supposed to be across town mowing grass and they were both going back to get a hammer together back at the, at the main operation center. So over the next few months, we made a big change. We equipped every truck with paint brushes, chainsaws. In other words, they, they took the shop with them on the road. And one of the longtime guys that worked on that crew hated it. 
He liked getting in the truck. He liked being able to go across town and take his friend with him and, and, then, and then come back and, and, and make it. And, and the parks showed that. They weren't doing as well as they could. And I had a boss, a mayor, who was asking me about that. And so this was the guy who complained all the time about management. If we ask them to do more, he's just wanting to take advantage of us. He was this kind of guy. And the sad thing was he was one of the smartest guys in the group. In fact, they elected him to be and represent all of them. But there was another man in the same position who had a completely different attitude. He saw this not as an opportunity to complain about management and they just want to use us more. He said, well, this makes sense. And so he would go out and the crew that would go with him, the parks that he was responsible for, they looked night and day compared to the others. See, that other guy, we, we had a rule. You, could, you had to get a doctor's excuse after three days. So there were all these days where he would be out three days and then back on number four. And so he wasn't, he wasn't going to move ahead in life. And, and it wasn't long before this, this go-getter was offered the position of supervision. Uh, he was going to be in charge of the rest of the people. And he did that, but it wasn't fun. If you go to work and now you're in charge of people that you've worked with, you see, he had to sit in the lunchroom. He had to go and stay with the crews that were complaining and didn't really like the way they had to do things. And they had no reason other than they didn't want to work as hard as he was. If he, I went with him one day, he saw things I didn't even see. He was climbing a tree, cutting down branches. He understood the whole purpose of it. So after about a year of supervision, where he was in that job, he decided to go out on his own and start his own company doing the same work. He saw all those opportunities to learn how to use new equipment and, and put them into practice as an opportunity to learn. You see, so he was walking, standing, and sitting with the same crowd who, by the way, are probably still in those jobs, but he moved on. He learned from it because, you see, he was walking in the principles of God's blessing. See, the, the law of the Lord tells us that we're to put in our best effort, whether someone's looking or not. The law of the Lord says, set some values and boundaries where you bring excellence to what you do. You show up on time. In fact, you don't just show up on time. You're there ahead of time. You put your best into everything you do, whether you get credit for it or get extra pay, because there's going to be blessing down at the end of the process somewhere. See, this man that I'm describing, he had no plans to start a business. He just brought his best there every day, and it stood out. It made a difference. And by the way, the whole goal he understood was to serve the community that paid our wages. We wanted them to have nice parks to come into that were clean, where they could have picnics and all of these things. You see, the law of the Lord says, be kind and compassionate even to those that don't like you. The law of the Lord says, forgive quickly and easily. The law of the Lord says, let nothing come from your mouth except what builds up others. 
See, he was too busy focused on bringing his best to sit around complaining about the management and how they wanted too much and all of these kind of things. And so at the end of this story, he prospered in a way that none of the others did, even though he was with them. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Take a look at how you're operating in school, on that team, even in your family. Because if you focus on the law of the Lord and how he wants you to do things, being generous, being kind, not going, why don't I have friends? But, you know, to, to, to get friends, first be a friend. Be a friend to the people around you. Be known for what you're for, not what you're against. And, and can I just encourage you that my grandmother, see, she understood that the, that the Scripture, the law of the Lord. In fact, I brought her Bible. I, she gave me this Bible. She's been long in heaven, okay? Fifty years ago, she gave me this when I was really young. I was fi uh, two. I'm checking on you, see if you're still awake. Fifty plus two. Wow, he's really young. He doesn't... This was the Bible she gave me, and, and she wrote down a saying. This book, this law of the Lord, will keep you from doing wrong, or doing wrong will keep you from this book. And so then years later, my dad, he gave me this Bible I'm holding in my hand when I was still in school. And the, and the point of it was that, that they wanted me to understand the importance of the law of the Lord. And I want to encourage you, every week, when, and we're going to do this in a few minutes, we pray a prayer together and say, Lord, come into my life. Give me a fresh start. And the first thing we encourage you to do is to go out and get a little packet. This one is in German. Meine nächsten Schritte. My next steps in English. And in here is a Bible, a New Testament, a German New Testament. And the reason we do that is because we understand that the blessing process in your life, this is your user's manual. Now, the reason, and here's it is in English, pretty little Bible there. So even today, if you don't have a German Bible, and you're a German speaker as your first language, pick one of these up. Get it onto your phone. There is so many ways now to have the law of the Lord in your hands. Get to know it and, and begin to apply it. And what a great spirit to have to just say, Father, wake up every morning and say, help me to be a blessing to others. And I trust that you're going to bless me as I do that. You see, you begin to develop patterns. You understand what my grandmother did, that the Scripture is a user's manual. You know, some, the reason some of us aren't seeing the blessings that are ours, that are our inheritance, is you're treating the user's manual like I probably treat some of the ones that I have. I'll read the first page and decide I don't need to read the rest of it. I'm not the only one, am I? I can fix that printer. And then you only get it out when you run into trouble. See, it doesn't work that way. It's like you open the manual for a new car, and it says, put gas in the tank. And if I say, well, that doesn't work for me. I, I want to do it a different way. I think I'll put water in the tank. 
Well, every one of you here would say, you're crazy. You'll ruin the car. It's the same with the law of the Lord. You can't pick and choose. God has given us a manual for how to live, for how to think, not to control us, but to empower us, to free us into our potential. And see, the other thing about that in this scripture, it's all about relationships. You see, in the scripture, we see over and over that, that leaders, prophets, in the case of Jacob and Esau and their father Isaac, we talked about that in the last message, and, and they had the opportunity to take the blessing from that relationship. A, a great story is, is Elijah the prophet. He was kind of a loner. He was a bit of a complainer, but he was full of the power of God, and he had an apprentice named Elisha. I'd get confused. They are two different names, but he told Elisha, you got to follow me. You got to do what I do. You got to walk where I walk. It wasn't easy. It was a challenge. And, and, and Elisha, though, was up for it. I love his attitude. He said, I want double what you have. And guess what? He got it because he went and had a go-getter's attitude. Young woman was in a church, moved to the town where I was, and became a school teacher there. And near her house and where she worked, there was a community group from church. The problem was she was a single woman in her mid-20s, just coming back from a, a, a trip abroad where she taught school overseas. And, and this group was all young families with lots of children running around. And, and it was like, why would you want to be in that group? Well, it was convenient, but she also looked at that group and thought, you know, I want to be a, a, a mother someday. I want to get married and have a family. Uh, I could probably learn some things there. If I'm only with other 20-somethings, I, I don't think I can learn as much. I just did that in uni. Uh, so there's this opportunity, and with no expectation of anything other than she just felt that's where God wanted her, she joined that group. About two years later, she decided that she wanted to go to seminary. And it turned out that two of the fathers in her community group had been to seminary themselves. One of them had gone to the school in New York where she wanted to go. Guess who helped her write her resume, send in the application, and gave her a reference it to that school? It was them. Now watch, she didn't see that and even know that when she connected herself there but there was something in her excuse me in those in those guys that that was a key to her next level of destiny and and they were they were fathers they were dads they there was like how could there be any connection there but she walked with that and in that season and she was accepted and when she got there, she discovered she loved ancient biblical languages. She graduated with honors and became the first full-time female professor in that seminary. And oh, 
a couple years later, she met a man, they got married, and now she's a mother. And I'm telling you that she found some keys to her next level, her purpose and destiny locked in others. And it is the same, why don't you stand with me? It's the same for each of us. In fact, very often, it's not the people that you would expect. It may even be difficult people. You know, Elijah, the prophet, he wasn't the kind of guy you invited to a party. He's the kind of guy that would call down fire from heaven. And, and you know, he was, he was rough. He probably was a tough boss. But I'm telling you, my encouragement to you is open your eyes, live on the lookout, and have an expectation that God is going to bring into your life people and circumstances that if you'll stay with it, if you'll trust the Lord and understand his blessing process, he will open doors that you couldn't imagine. That young woman who's still a friend of mine had no idea of how God was gonna use that in the future. She was just faithful in an unexpected way with a group of people that most would have said, that doesn't make sense. Why don't you join a singles group where you could meet somebody? But she recognized a value and stayed with it. And, and again, she didn't do it because she was looking for someone to help her, but God used what was in others to move her to a place she couldn't go by herself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And I'm telling you, in this house, in this church, across its services today, out in the lobby, out when we're picnicking today, all of those things, there may be someone there who has the key to your next level. And so I wanna pray over you. Lord, I pray for a sensitivity for each of these dear friends. I pray, Father, that they would intentionally put into practice your blessing process, that they would choose to walk in the things you've asked us to do. Even when it's hard, even when no one else is doing it, Lord, I pray that you would stir that up in each dear brother and sister, and that they would be patient and wait for the blessings to come, the favor of the Lord in their business, in their schooling, in their parenting, in every area of life. That promise there, Lord, at the end of Psalm 1, it says, in everything they do, they shall prosper. And so I speak it over your church today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we put our hands together? Give the Lord an applause of praise. We thank you for your word, Father.